You're listening to Tatiana is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Stephanie, and this is not a spoiler-free episode. We will be talking about Orphan Black in its entirety, which as of this recording is up through the end of season two. So if you have not seen the first 20 episodes of the series, beware that there could be some spoilers ahead for you. And in this episode, we're talking about Donnie and Allison, murder duo, sort of. <laughs> the family that kills together stays together. Wait, they didn't kill together, but they got rid of the body together. And really, <laughs> that's a that's a bonding experience, right? Uh, clearly, clearly. Clearly it was. Given the way that ended. <laughs> and yes, technically, Allison didn't actually kill Ainsley, but uh, was more sort of a failure to render aid, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they were, yeah, she was a murderer by failure to act, and Donnie was an accidental murderer. And then she was an accessory after the fact to the murder of Leaky. Yeah. But now we're just sounding judgmental, Chris, really. (laughs) Well, judgmental or or legal. (laughs) (laughs) It's just truthiness. It's it's bad sometimes. Sounds terrible. I'm just being nitpicky like you often accuse me of being. We have talked about both Donnie and Allison before. Our we our first episode on Allison was episode four, which you can check out at TatianaIsEveryone.com slash four. And then we talked about Donnie in the context of his his being a monitor in our monitors episode, which was episode seven. TatianaIsEveryone.com slash seven for that episode. But we wanted to revisit them after season two to talk about their storylines. And we thought it was actually best to talk about them together. Their storylines were very much intertwined with each other's this past season. Yes, much more this season than in the first season. Yeah, of course, you know, Donnie was always in scenes with Allison, etc., etc. But he was much more of a tertiary character in the first season than he was in this the second season, I think. Aside from episode six, 106, yeah. <laughs> and even then, really, was, was there mostly to be tortured. Yeah, yeah. Poor Donnie, kind of. But speaking of that, it seems like a lot of people are critical of the fact that Donnie seemed much more skilled as a monitor. Like, he he was much well, more able to... What? Donnie being Allison's monitor has been hanging over their storyline since season one. And it was explored in this first season, but we knew we were coming back to it in the second season because, you know, the big reveal at the end of season one is he gets in the car with Leaky. Dun, dun, dun. So we knew it was coming in season two. And they got they got into it pretty, pretty quickly in episode two. And I know that there are some people who have sort of noticed some differences between how Donnie was portrayed in the first season versus the second season. We got an email from Aaron. Aaron says, season one Donnie was talked about being more smart, it seemed, than season two Donnie. So I'm wondering your thoughts on the two seasons of monitoring by Donnie. Did you like the shift or did you find it a bit out of character from his season one style? I don't think it was out of character. I think what we're seeing in season one versus what we're seeing in season two is that season one, Donnie isn't really, he's not actively spying. He's keeping tabs, which of course we don't know in season one, but they reveal in season two that he is, he is monitoring her, but he's not actively part of the dyad organization. 
he doesn't know what's really going on. So it seems more to me that Donnie's good at not letting on that he knows versus in season two, Leaky basically sends him out into the field to keep an eye on Allison. And that's what doesn't go well because Donnie isn't a trained spy. So it's sort of, to me, the difference between being able to keep a secret and like being able to execute spy maneuvers, <laughs> which makes sense, right? Your, your average person probably can't go out in the field and, and keep tabs on somebody really stealthily. Right. And, and I'm kind of the same opinion. I, I totally think it's valid to say that there was a shift in the portrayal of his character from season one to season two. I think that's a perfectly reasonable perspective. But I think also it, it's fair to consider that we see Donnie just sort of going about his life and, you know, keeping tabs on his wife and, and not, re- but not having to go out of his way to do so. Whereas, cause I think the thing that people really comment on is, the, where he's spying on Allison in the graveyard, right? When she's talking with Sarah Stubbs. Ah, uh, Sarah Stubbs. It's Stubbs, right? Yep. Sarah Stubbs. And, you know, I, he, I think Christian, uh, Christian Brune has mentioned that the, the directions in the script were that like Donnie Pink Panthers his way across the graveyard in a very bumbling fashion. And that's not something he's been trying to do. He's not a spy. He's a, he's just a guy who was con- a convenient, person to kind of account account for the well-being of one of the clones so he's not paul he's not military trained so i can see why he would be because i still feel like when he got caught in the graveyard it was a more ridiculous situation so the lies stood out more apparent but i thought he actually came up with a decent lie for why he might have followed allison right if allison hadn't already been suspicious he might have gotten away with it right I think that's really what we see him do well in season one, like where we see him going through the bedroom and looking in drawers and and he's talking on the phone and Allison catches like the tail end of the conversation. And she's like, what are you looking for? He's like, oh, um, this tag is really bothering me. I'm looking for a pair of scissors to cut it off. You know, like he's he's decent at coming up with little cover-ups for why he might be acting a little strangely. And I still think we see evidence of that in season two. Just what he's trying to cover up behavior-wise, <laughs> it's harder for him to do because it's out of his comfort level, his comfort zone. I was thinking as we were having this discussion, it's probably a good thing that we know that Donnie's pretty good at keeping a secret because now he and Allison have the secret of, you know, the bodies. Right. You gotta, you gotta admit, that's pretty impressive that he has been monitoring his wife for what he thought was a, a social experiment, a sociology experiment, for years and never let on. Yep. And really, as we said, if Allison didn't already know that this stuff was going on, she might never have suspected. So, so not bad, Donnie. So what did you think of when Donnie confessed as to how he was recruited and became aware of, well, he wasn't aware of the clone project, but just when he confessed about how he got recruited to be a monitor, what what was your reaction to that? Do you remember? Uh, I think I remember thinking, oh, okay, that makes sense. And also, why would anyone do that? (laughs) 
that's not a normal thing to do. <laughs> Donnie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just going to keep tabs on my wife for years to some sort of, you know, even if he thought it was some sort of experiment. Who does that without consulting their loved one? Right? <laughs> am I am I thinking about it too seriously? Well, I think that's a reasonable question, which is probably why Leaky makes a comment about him not being the brightest guy at some point during during season two. But I don't know. I, I can see people up. You know, I can see him getting talked into doing it if he just thinks it's harmless stuff. Like, how's your wife doing? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. If he didn't feel like they were asking super personal questions, I could see him maybe not thinking it was that strange. Maybe. But I have no idea the types of questions that they I was going to say, him. but it seems like it would be super personal questions, doesn't it? Just based on what we've seen from Dyad? It, it's, it seems likely, yes. But we've never seen an example, so I can't say for sure. Because I, I doubt that they would question him the same way that we see, like, Olivier question Paul. Right. In parts developed in an unusual manner, just because Paul knew that he was a, an agent of Dyad monitoring this clone. Well, not a clone, but, you know. He knew he that was his job, was to look, look after this person and account for their well-being. And to report back. Yeah. <laughs> but Donnie didn't know, wasn't under the same understanding, so he, they would have to probably phrase their questions differently. We assume. <laughs> I mean, they would have to, to some extent, but yeah. I don't know. I just still am stuck on, why would anybody, why would anybody do that? I know, I know. But it actually, it made sense to me that he wasn't somebody like Paul, that he wasn't, or, or like Delphine, somebody who was aware of the fact that, or somebody who was planted there intentionally. It, it actually made a lot of sense to me, given what we saw of, of him in the later parts of the first season, at least. Right. Just because, like, his behavior after Allison hits him with a golf club and and all of that stuff, it, it didn't actually make all that much sense to me when I was thinking of him as as being a monitor such as Delphine and Paul. It actually makes more sense to me thinking of him as, like, this woman's husband who just happened to be exploited. Right, because he did kind of seem to carry on as if things were mostly normal. Mm -hmm. Or at least, you know, in a way similar to, to what Allison was doing in, in that you know, just trying to make things at least seem normal again. Right. With going to couples counseling and the intervention. Yeah, I, I just, if Donnie had been a monitor like Delphine or Paul, it feels like he wouldn't, that would have made sense to let that happen, the intervention stuff. Mm-hmm. It seems like if it was his sort of job to look after her, he would have just kind of made up with her more quickly and in a reasonable manner, but, you know, made up with her and continued on. But. Or, like, made it a personal intervention kind of situation rather than, like, let's have a bunch of our neighbors over and, and our pastor and sit down and talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a, a monitor who was sent in doing that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's fair to note that Paul does – allow some rockiness to develop in his relationship with Beth or who he thinks is Beth. But yeah, I, I just, the behavior we see from Donnie after the craft room of terror act incident, it just didn't make much sense to me as a planted monitor. It makes more sense to me now. Mm -hmm. 
But I do kind of have these questions about since we do learn that, you know, he was not somebody who was planted. He married Allison because he loved her and wanted to marry her. What does this revelation what implications does the revelation have on what we see of their relationship in the first season? Because they they were really not getting along. And he says some kind of nasty things to her in the first season. So I guess with this revelation, do do you think it suggests that they're just going through normal married couple stuff where sometimes you just get irritated with each other? Or have you thought about that at all? I mean, I think that certainly seems to be the implication, right? He says to Leaky at the end of season one, which I, I take differently now than I did when it aired that, right. you know, it's not easy. She's not easy, that sort of thing. And yeah, because before when we just thought he was a monitor or thought it was possible that he was just a monitor, it makes sense in a different way than it does now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if you were assigned to Allison, you can see how anybody would get really frustrated, I think. <laughs> yeah. Just because, like, you know, why did you have to assign me to this person who's being so difficult? But you can see it as a different thing from somebody who does love her. Because, you know, there there is that whole thing where you can love somebody tremendously but still get really frustrated with them. <laughs> right. Right. Because I think it would be difficult to live with Allison. I love Allison, yeah. don't get me wrong, but Allison's very specific. <laughs> yeah. I still get really mad at Donnie whenever I watch variations under domestication and he's angrily like throwing dishes into the dishwasher and Allison comes into the kitchen and she's just watched the, the what she thinks is a damning videotape of Donnie doing something creepy and you know and he's ranting about how he has to do everything and la da la da 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 and I'm just like Donnie no Donnie <laughs> I know I really, really don't think that you have to do everything around the house. I really, really don't think that that's true. Especially since, you know, every time we see the group of them as a family, Donnie doesn't really, that we've seen, he doesn't actively parent. Not a whole lot, no. I mean, I, I'm I'm not saying he doesn't at all. I'm I'm just saying from what they show in the, the series, usually... Well, there was the the one thing earlier in the first season where Allison asks him if he can watch the kids, and uh, he can't because he has to watch golf. No, he uh, oh he has to go he, play golf. Yes, but she wasn't sure if he meant watch golf or play golf, which indicates that he has ignored his children to just watch golf. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or ignored his family just because golf was on TV, which is ridiculous. It is, but also believable. Anyway. Oh. But, I mean, he does, when they're at Ainsley's funeral, and the kids are kind of, they pull something out of Ainsley's coffin, I think, or take a flower from up where, around her, he does deal with them then. And he's, like, in charge of their coats. Yes. Again, I'm not saying he doesn't parent his children. I was having this conversation with my dad the other day, and uh, my dad was, like, very insistently telling me the fact that the kids are so well-behaved means that Donnie must be a good parent. Hmm. You know, I I didn't I knew you weren't implying that he didn't parent at all, but I was just remembering he did have that moment in I think that was episode two, right? Or was it episode one? I'm forgetting now. No, it was the first episode. I think it was the first episode, right? Where they're at Ainsley's funeral, and and he does he does sort of take care of the kids there. So, right. We hear Allison in season two 
express, I think, what a lot of the audience was maybe wondering about Donnie. I think it's in episode 208 where she asked him, you know, did you ever love me? You know, this, this idea that Donnie is her monitor hanging over her head has probably called their entire relationship into question for Allison. You know, did he, did this man ever love me or was he just always paid to be here essentially? And because that was, I think, a lot of what we suspected of Donnie in the first season. And his behavior perhaps could support that view. But I think looking back now, it could just as easily be we're seeing symptoms of people who've been married for a while, who've been a couple for a while, and them just getting on each other's nerves and getting fed up with each other and not talking about things that need to be talked about. I was going to say, I think Allison's fear is isn't unfounded. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can see why she'd say that in in that moment. But I do I, I like how they took that storyline this season. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because it did make a lot of stuff in the first season make sense. But jumping back to why would Donnie have agreed to do this longitudinal sociological study, I kind of wonder, because what we see of him in season two is he seems a lot more of an emasculated husband type of figure. He seems it to a certain extent in the first season, but a lot more in season two. And so if if this is something that has been a trend for Donnie, him not feeling particularly empowered in his daily life it could be that they appealed to that and you know this is really important this study that we're doing this is an important contribution that you'd be making to science and maybe they spoke to that insecure piece of donnie and that's potentially how they convinced him to participate in this thing Hmm. just a thought maybe here's the thing though what did he burn in season one Yes, this is this is like the big question that remains unanswered for me. Because of course, I think we all assumed that he was, you know, hiding some sort of dyad paperwork or whatever. <laughs> Why he would have dyad paperwork, I do not know. Maybe it was logs about Allison if or if he was I don't know, instructed to keep some sort of records about her. It could be, and it still could be. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz I I don't know. Like, it could even be what he told Allison it was, but that seems right. less likely to me. Yes. I mean, because he... I'm trying to remember what he says on the phone while he's burning the things. I know he ends the call by saying something like, if there's anything else, I'll get in touch with you, or something like that. It did sound suspicious. Yes. But that comment, and he could have very well been talking to Leaky at that moment, but that comment could have been more... Just he reported Allison's weird behavior because she was acting very strangely. Mm-hmm. And he was just telling him what happened. And if there's anything else that happens, I'll let you know. And he was actually burning the letters that he said that that he was burning. But it still is, is sort of hanging over my my head at all, at all times wondering, like, what did he actually burn? Did he tell her the truth about what he burned in that field? Well, then let me pose this as a question. Does it matter? Not really. Or how much does it matter? It probably doesn't matter all that much. But at the same time, it might be kind of neat if it was revealed to actually be important in some regard. <laughs> and I could totally see the writers doing that, too. Mm-hmm. Pulling that moment back into focus and giving it a new meaning or new significance. They would, too. Mm. These writers. 
So how do we think it's going to go for Donnie in his role as monitor in the third season? Because his main contact, it seemed to be, was was Leaky. And Leaky's gone now. Hmm. And I know that they had filmed a scene with Donnie confronting Rachel about Leaky's death, in which maybe it, it revealed that you know, Donnie had become wise. I think it, I, there's no way that that scene couldn't have made it made explicit that Donnie became wise to the fact that he was actually working for the secret clone experiment. It seems unlikely. So I'm wondering if, if since that scene got cut, if they're still going to proceed as if that had happened, if Dyad now knows that Donnie is aware, or if he's going to pretend to not know that he's not that he's a monitor of a human clone. I was curious about that too, whether or not that was going to be canon, that that scene. Because it's on the season two DVDs, right? It is. And they could easily, I think, depending on where they start season three, they could even incorporate it into season three somehow. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. I am curious what they're going to do with it, though. If they're going to acknowledge it or not. Right. And just, I'm curious if... Donnie's going to keep pretending that he doesn't know that he's actually a monitor or if he's going to reveal that he does know and how that might play out. Because, you know, Donnie, (laughs) things often don't go too well when he tries to act tough. Things just don't tend to go that well for Donnie in general, I think. No, no. Poor Donnie. Yeah. Except for the end of 209. Things went pretty well for him there. a shitty day. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie's getting his groove back in the end of 209. <laughs> or maybe he's finding his groove. Maybe he never had a groove to begin with and he actually has one now. I would believe that. Yeah. So do we want to talk about the, the Hendrix Murder Club since you've kind of brought it up? <laughs> I did in fact title it the Hendrix Murder Club. But yeah, the... Uh... That whole that whole episode, 209, things which have never yet been done, that entire episode is just, it's, it's very typical of the Allison storylines on the show, the way they go, the, um, the black comedy. Yeah, I, re- I remember there was somebody who made a comment at, at Dragon Con, I don't, I forget who exactly, kind of saying that they... Got a little sick of of Allison and Donnie's storyline being so comedic and stuff. It's like, well, that's kind of how they've always functioned, though. Allison's storylines are really the the place for the black comedy, and they did certainly did not disappoint in in season two. That watching these two middle class suburbanites trying to figure out how to bury a body it, it's hysterical. It's it's really funny. And then at the end of 207, when Donnie actually murders Leaky accidentally, I mean, even murder is an act of buffoonery when done by Donnie Hendricks. And I remember just being completely wide-eyed and, and speechless for a bit after that happened. I did not see that coming at all. Even when he's waving a gun around, I really did not see that happening. I think there was sort of a collective, wah, from, from Clone Club when that happened. You can you can picture the visual when I make that sound, right? Yes. Was that an effective uh, vocalization? 
I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay. But yeah, I just, I did not see that coming at all. And I should have, because it's, it's Donnie Hendricks waving a gun around. It, it, I mean, it was unlikely things were going to end well, but I just did not see that. And plus just the over-the-top level of violence there, <laughs> I was, it was very surprising as well. The splatter alone. Yes. But yeah, I think I had that moment where the immediate response was shocked, followed by, like, of course that happened. Of course it did. Oh, you crazy show. What is this music that they're playing? <laughs> I think that was that was more or less my sequence of thoughts. Uh, that that sounds pretty pretty accurate. <laughs> but yeah, and then and then two two oh eight where they you know Donnie finally fushes up to to Allison. I thought those those scenes between the two of them when they were finally really opening up were fantastic. I thought they were some of actually the best scenes of the of the second season for me was seeing them really try to be honest with each other. But I did like that sequence of events in, in 208 where they had sort of a, I think it, it was across three different storylines, right? Where they have people sort of having heart-to-heart conversations. Yes. And yes, I like that the one that the Hendrixes have is about confessing their murders to each other. Like normal people. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. House of Accidental. Well, I don't know if it's fair to call Allison an accidental murderer. Because she knew bad things were happening. Donnie is definitely an accidental murderer. Allison knew bad things were happening and she didn't do anything. So she's more, I think, murderer by failure to do something, if that's such a thing. <laughs> well, Allison's... It was an accident. That mm-hmm. she wasn't... It was an accident. She wasn't actually directly involved in the accidental act but as you say there was there was failure to render aid when she easily could have but yeah ah and there is such a thing in criminal law where uh, an omission a failure to act and and that can lead to to penalties so you know that is a crime i mean i would think so yeah so definitely Definitely both committed crimes, <laughs> but, and, and especially since they, you know, got rid of the body. Yeah, I mean, I think she's maybe, uh, well, I don't know that she's more guilty or not for for being an accessory to Donnie murdering Leaky accidentally. But yeah, I, the, I, I find it interesting, actually, that Allison kind of always phrases it. I killed Ainsley because technically <laughs> she didn't. She just let her die. Mm-hmm. Not that that's really any better, but I don't know. I, I guess what I'm getting at here is that I think it's interesting and maybe it gives us some insight into Allison's thinking that that's the way she always phrases it. So clearly she feels very guilty about it, which makes me wonder why she let it happen to begin with. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, mistake, you, you just, you don't do something and it happens to be a huge, huge mistake. But I don't know. It's just because she feels so bad about it and thinks, oh, I killed Ainsley. It just makes me wonder why she didn't try to do something. But don't you think that's something we see from Allison a lot where she gets really, really, really worked up about something and then eventually calms herself down? True. Yeah. I mean, this is, this seems to be a trend with Allison. 
Yeah, the fact that them both committing manslaughter leads to them, uh, you know, forming a bond. <laughs> it heals <laughs> their marriage. their relationship. Yes, healing their marriage, strengthening their relationship. It's just so bizarre. You know, the fact that there's a conversation where uh, essentially Allison's trying to tell Donnie that she committed a better manslaughter than he did <laughs> is, is just absurd. And yet it is completely it completely works within the context of Orphan Black. It's, it, it, it is totally in character, that entire yeah. sequence. And it's just kind of ridiculous to think about what what actually happens. And yet, yeah, and yet it's not ridiculous. You totally buy it. So ridiculous is this entire storyline, right? Oh, and I also loved when in, during the confessions in, in episode 208, where Donnie apologizes for hating Allison's mother, and Allison's response is, everybody hates my mother. <laughs> we have to meet Allison's mother now. Yes, which the the producers, the, the showrunners, have said that they would like to bring on Allison's mother and, and maybe have Catherine O'Hara play her, like, in their in their dream situation. And and I think it'd be good to see Allison's mother at this point. And it would be extra good if it was Catherine O'Hara. Yes. I'm also intrigued to meet Allison's mother at this point because of something that Graham Manson said on Twitter a while ago now, because there's been for a while this question of about Allison's birth certificate, which we see in, in one of the early episodes of the first season. And her name is listed as Allison Hendricks. Well, it caught fans' attention because given what we know about Allison, I think a lot of us assume that she'd be the type of person who, when she got married, would take her husband's last name. And so I think a lot of people are thinking, was that an error on the show's part that her birth certificate read Allison Hendricks? Is it possible that Donnie's name was also Hendricks? It's not – it's unlikely, but not impossible. And so somebody, a fan, asked Graham about this on Twitter, and his the answer that he gave was that when – Donnie and Allison got married. Allison's mother insisted that Donnie change his last name to Hendricks. Which, again, just makes me want to meet Allison's mother. Exactly. Like, a woman who, you know, would insist that the the man that her daughter marries change his last name. I, I really want to meet this person. I had speculated before that Donnie just took Allison's last name, though. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and it wasn't beyond the realm of possibility just from what we saw of their life in season one it seemed less likely it's seems a lot more likely and plausible to me now after what we saw in season two that's fair i don't know maybe it was just me but season one allison seemed to her life seemed more a lot more traditional i guess even with all the weirdness going on (laughs) (laughs) okay i don't know i mean just kind of an average housewife was i think soccer bomb you know was the impression we were supposed to have about allison in the first season no i i know i agree okay okay <laughs> so that's why i i not that i didn't think it was possible he took her name it just seemed less likely but i think uh, but like i said after what we see in season two i i can like it seems completely plausible so how would you like do you have an idea for how they might incorporate allison's mother in an episode well I mean, not specifically, but they have mentioned on occasion that, you know, Allison would take the kids to stay with her mother or something if they needed to get the kids out of the way for an episode or two. So right, that's always an option because it sounds like she doesn't live that far away. So 
No, no. Like she can be counted on to take care of the kids after school. Yeah, I have that impression too, that she lives nearby. I kind of wonder, and we've we've mentioned this before, you know, Allison and Donnie, they've buried Dr. Leakey in in their garage. Under their garage, yes. <laughs> yeah, under their garage. And and Dyad kind of it conveniently gave them a cover for Dr. Leakey's death. So are, does this mean that they are in the clear on that? <laughs> like, Or is it going to become a potential sticking point for them in, in season three? I think it, this also would be affected by whether that, that episode that got cut with Donnie confronting Rachel, if it actually is canon in in season three. Do you have any ideas on that front? I think the sticking point here is that we have two wild cards in Vic the Dick and Angie DeAngelis. Right. Because they mm-hmm. know that something is going on. Right. You know, Vic was very curious about what was going on in that garage. And neither one of them reports to Dyad. So, I don't know. You know? It could go either way in season three. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of... And on the one hand... It's too good of a of a thing to not revisit this idea that there's a dead body buried under their garage. But at the same time, we've had Ainsley's death kind of hanging over Allison for a season. And it seems like it that might get a little old if they just relied on that to create dramatic tension for the characters. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm not sure how I would prefer that they play it. Yeah, I don't know. Because, again, this is part of why I'm thinking that it could go either way. Because, you know, even though there was the dramatic tension of Ainsley all this past season, like, nothing really came of that. You know, nobody came after Allison for it. I guess Vic did, and Angie knew something was up. But, you know what I mean, though? Like, it didn't, nothing followed through on that front. Right. It was there for uh, giving us a reason to be concerned, basically. So I don't know. But if we have Angie and Lur- and Vic, you know, lurking around the Hendrixes in season three, I, I just feel like it could end up seeming like more of the same. Oh, no, I agree. I, I guess they, what I'm if they don't. trying to get at, though, is that, you know, it seems like because Dyad has provided this cover and Donnie told off Angie and Vic, maybe the Hendrixes will think that everything's okay and we won't really revisit the idea for a while. And then maybe like later in season three, you know, it'll come up again and and bite them in the ass. Right. Because I could see if they do decide to have that scene between Donnie and Rachel be canon, actually and by, by that we mean if they decide that that, that happens, it's just off screen. Then, or even if they, like you suggested, they could maybe even use the scene in, in season three. I could see Dyad definitely using that against them if they found out about it. Mm-hmm. So it could be that they could pull, you know, use Leaky's death against Allison and Donnie in, in that regard. Right. I just, I wouldn't put it past them to essentially lull us into a false sense of security about the whole thing. Right. And like, maybe the Hendrixes think everything is fine. And then, you know, boom, nope. (laughs) Consequences. 
And speaking of of Ainsley, she was also, I think, one of the big things kind of hanging on Allison's conscience this season. We had we had her realizing that Donnie was in fact her monitor, and then her guilt about Ainsley's death, which was so wonderfully and deliciously portrayed through those musical sequences that we got at the beginning of the season. Oh my god! Oh, blood ties the musical. <laughs> they couldn't have planned that out better if they'd written it themselves no i'm just i can't believe i i I just can't believe how perfect that was because i'm trying to remember what was the musical they were planning to use that they couldn't get the rights for graham wanted grease (laughs) that's right they were gonna use grease or something like that's like no this is so perfect i can't believe they didn't write it it was and I, i i remember we thought they did for the first episode or so until we realized oh no 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 this is this is a real musical. We didn't realize it so much as we wrote. were told, but yeah. <laughs> well, we were told, but yeah. <laughs> but I just can't believe how perfectly those two came together because it's just so perfectly over the top. Just like Allison. It, it worked great. <laughs> yeah, just like Allison. It worked great for a community theater piece. You know, it was, oh, it was just so perfect. <laughs> oh. And speaking of Allison's stint with blood ties, that leads directly into her stint in rehab. Poor Allison. Which, I know, Allison had a tough season, <laughs> season two, but things got a lot better for her by the end. You know, she, she really had a had an upswing toward the end of the season, unlike most of the characters. And now I'm thinking about how she started off the season with, you know, I'm, I've quit drinking and I'm doing a theater production. <laughs> And I think that lasts an episode. Maybe two. I forget now. And then she's got the scene with Felix where she's like, I I think I just need to keep drinking and then I'll have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's in rehab. Allison had quite the arc this season. She did. She really did. I did think it was interesting that when she woke up in rehab, the first thought she had, apparently, was that Dyad had taken her. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is unreasonable. No. But it does seem a little odd, I guess. I feel like, though, it really tells us how much Allison worries about that. Because that's really been her concern from the beginning, was that people are going to find him because they kn- they'd become self-aware. They knew what was going on with this illegal clone experiment. People are going to, you know, find them and try to kill them or try to harm them. Like, I, I think it completely makes sense with how much we've seen this whole situation weigh heavily on in, on Allison's conscience and, and, you know, really dictate how she thinks about things and how she leads her life. Yeah. I do think it's interesting, though, that earlier in the season, well, going back to the end of the first season, she signs the contract with Dyad, which, of course, in the beginning of season two, she finds out that's pretty much nonsense. Mm-hmm. But still... She goes to meet up with Sarah Stubbs about costumes or something, and and uh, Sarah had told them that she would be there, and so they grab Allison, thinking that Allison is Sarah. Allison gets a very bent out of shape about the whole thing, and they like profusely apologize and let her go. And I guess that's the part that I find interesting that 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 happened, and she still assumed that they took her when she's in rehab. I'm trying to remember. Do we? 
do we see slash know that Allison is told about the the patent that's in their DNA, the copyright in their DNA? You know, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. Because I'm, I'm curious, that seems like something Sarah and Kasima might choose to not tell Allison in order to, like, keep her from freaking out, you know? Right. <laughs> they, they, they will strategically not tell Allison things because of her, her tendencies to overreact at times. <laughs> what do you mean? But <laughs> I don't know. But I can't remember right now if, if we know that Allison knows that, if she knows that the contract that she signed with Dyad basically means nothing it was just to placate her right i can't remember if they told her or not yeah it's time for a rewatch stephanie it is time for a rewatch it's this is true but yeah i i do like where she thinks she woke up she woke up and she's in dyad and then realizes oh no it's maybe even worse she's in rehab (laughs) no it's not worse i mean sarah was threatened with an oophorectomy so not worse but which to be fair wouldn't have happened to allison it's true. That would not have happened to Allison. But we just we just see Allison have to suffer these horrible indignities for Allison. She's just so horrified at the lack of privacy or discretion there. I love how completely just mortified she is to see a woman shaving under her arms. <laughs> it's like, that's the most disgusting thing she's ever seen or the most scandalous thing she's ever seen. I just love her reaction to that. And that and now what's the what's the name of the counselor or whoever the employee of the Do you remember? I'm trying to okay. remember. It's not that important. Viv? Huh? I feel like it's like Viv or something like that. Mm, I don't think so. Anyway, but yeah, and, and the fact that, you know, they have to watch her tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, she uses the word tinkle. <laughs> well, what would you say, Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that. I'm not. <laughs> Yvonne. Is ah, her Yvonne. I knew there was a V in there. And who I loved. I loved Yvonne. She was a she was a great character. I wish we'd actually seen a bit more of her. Me too. But just the her very no nonsense way that she dealt with Allison. I feel like Allison could use more Yvonne's in her life. <laughs> Probably so. Uh and then uh oh uh Family Day. Family Day at Rehab. I think we should talk about Family Day for a moment cuz cuz man Allison sure show Donnie. With that undecorated name tag. Well, before we we <laughs> before we talk about that burn from Allison, I mean, I'm trying to remember when when we realized that Donnie had put Allison in rehab and he was basically telling her, "You're not getting out until you're sober. You're not getting out. You, you don't have access to the children until I know that you're." I mean, maybe never, but you know the implication that until you're sober and you've completed the program. Did you, at that point, have concerns that Donnie was up to something funny at the, still? Or what What was sort of your impression of his decision to do that? You know, I don't think I did suspect anything from Donnie at that point. Is that weird? I, I don't know. I feel like I maybe was a little worried that Donnie might have been up to something. But I, I don't. I don't know. I wasn't super, I didn't think it was super devious, but at the same time, I, I do think I was a little worried. Hmm. I don't remember being suspicious. Let me put it that way. I might have been. I really don't remember okay. at this point. 
But by the time family day rolled around, I didn't, I was pretty sure that Donnie was not up to anything suspicious. <laughs> I can't remember all the feelings I was feeling because there were so very many. <laughs> and I'm trying, I'm trying to remember, did, did they have that confrontation where she threatens to cut off his dangly balls? Is that the same episode as family day or was that a, a previous episode? A previous episode. Because that's when okay. Vic was hanging around. And Vic was, you know, greeting Donnie with namaste and namaste. And, and so Donnie was <laughs> namasteing back and and Allison just told them not to. <laughs> just, not to. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, I take it back. That was when I knew that Donnie probably was not up to anything nefarious, was when he tried to namaste back to Vic. <laughs> uh, should we talk about Allison and Vic for a second? I thought that that was pretty brilliant. I did too. Because their decision to bring Brick into rehab, Rick into re- Vic into rehab. I can say that. <laughs> Rick into rehab. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. But yeah, I thought that was a brilliant decision, but on the writer's part. And it's one of those things like I never would have seen it coming. No, because okay, here's what I think is great. Because I feel like Vic from the beginning, he's been this character where he shows up, you know something. He's very, he's a very unpredictable character. He's like Helena in this regard. It's like you, when Vic shows up, you know something is off, like something bad could happen. At and any somebody's going to get injured. So, exactly. So, you know, introducing this character into rehab, which you thought was maybe going to be kind of boring and, Al- and Allison's all isolated from the rest of the characters, which he was, but it, I think it was actually a really brilliant move on the writer's part to spice up that storyline and really, you know, make it make it interesting and unpredictable. Right. I guess I didn't necessarily think it would be boring, but I may be worried that it was going to be a little one note in that it might just be Allison being horrified for her entire right. time there. But but yeah, it was really interesting that they added Vic and, and sort of made them friends, which I also never would have seen coming. Mm-mm. But I think them playing basketball together is very sweet. Like trying to get the the basket up, the, the basketball up in the uh, near the hoop, which I'm still impressed that Allison did that well with one hand. Allison was better than Vic, as I recall. He, she was, but Allison's athletic. So that is true. I shouldn't yes. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Allison maybe played basketball in like her junior high team or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that now that you mention it. So it it almost like made me sad that you know Vic ended up working for Angie and kind of betrayed Allison's trust in, in a way because I, I kind of had hopes that maybe maybe they could be buddies and Vic wouldn't be as much of a dick anymore. <laughs> I was also weirdly disappointed in that moment. But at the same time mm-hmm. relieved that it wasn't somebody worse than Angie. Yeah. Yeah. And it did seem like Vic was trying to get his life on track. Mm-hmm. He did say something to Angie about how it was going to uh, endanger his recovery or something. That's paraphrased, but yeah. But no, I thought I thought he was a great addition to to Allison's stint in rehab. And then I, of course, loved at the end of the season where <laughs> where Donnie tells him and Angie off, and you know he makes the the the, the peace sign <laughs> like he poses for the <laughs> photograph that. <laughs> That Donnie takes to incriminate him and Angie. Oh, Vic. 
I think that's technically called throwing deuces, but I'm so white that I can't say it. I have heard that, yes. <laughs> oh, and the, the fingerless glove that Al's glove that Allison knitted for I know, him. the four-fingered glove. I love it. Yes. I love it so much. Those were awesome gloves. Allison's, <laughs> Allison's fancy, man. I love it when you admire Allison's knitting. That was Fair Isle, Stephanie. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, stranded? Stranded knitting? No, don't know. <laughs> More than one color. In a row. Oh, okay. <laughs> More than one color in a row. Okay. <laughs> so that that's that's tricky then, I'm I'm guessing. It sounds like it is for me. I'm no good at that. Okay. I find it impressive when people uh do that and it looks nice. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I had high such high hopes for Vic when we first meet him and I really wanted things to turn out well and he and, and Allison to be buds, but then he kind of turned into a he wasn't really a dick, but he was he was pretty pathetic with, you know, groveling over Sarah. But then we got to watch Allison and Felix try to hide his <laughs> unconscious body, and that was pretty great. It was great. And then Donnie was introduced to Sarah, which was also great. That was another really great moment for Donnie, where it was Donnie pretending to be Allison was, again, like a, a big highlight for, for the season for me. It seems like it had been so long since we'd had anybody that was introduced to the clone idea. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like it was kind of commonplace within the show. Like, pretty much everybody knew who was going to know. So, so for Donnie to be introduced to the notion, it was, it was fun for me to get to watch that. Yeah, because Cal learns in this season, too, but we don't get to see his realization, really, you know, because he just comes and and he's like, oh, yeah, I figured it out. But it was it was great to get to see Donnie's reaction to walking in on on Allison and Sarah and realizing, wait a second, wait a second, my wife is in two places. What is happening? Except, wait a second, that's not my wife. What is that? What does Felix say about about Donnie? Because because Allison thinks, you know, well, we know we're clothes. And Sarah's like, I don't think he knows about this. And, He's like, no, he doesn't. That that kind of like stupidity can't be faked. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember what what word he I used don't remember to either. describe Donnie. But but yeah, poor Donnie. He was really taken aback by that whole thing, which I feel is a completely normal response. Yeah, no, it was a completely normal response. Realistic, because you know, at at its least weird, it's oh, your wife has a twin sister that she never told you about. Mm hmm. Because, yeah, because Donnie gets, you know, just completely blindsided by this revelation that his wife is a clone. And then she, you know, tells him that he's been helping this organization, you know, keep tabs on her. He's been kind of a pawn by this for, for this organization and has, you know, I, she says to him, basically, you know, you ruined she ruined their marriage because he's been keeping this big secret from her and it's i really do feel sorry for donnie when he realizes kind of the enormity of what's been going on around him me too christian brun was so good in that scene like you really felt it when donnie found out and and realized what he'd done good job christian brun i salute you and i have a crush on you wait a minute um <laughs> it's true she does I do. I, I keep I, having I, to hear about it. 
I, I find him pretty adorable, Christian Brune. He is. He's very endearing. And seems to be dropping his pants an awful lot lately. Yeah. But Donnie is very frequently in his underwear. And and we do get some Donnie bum in season, at the end of season two. Which I think Christian Brune then tweeted later something like, you know, and this is the last we see of Donnie in season two. You're welcome. And it was a screen cap of his his bum, his naked bum. <laughs> That's true. That was his last scene. As he and Allison have Do have, the nasty. have sexy times on uh, on a freezer. No, no, no. <laughs> in the garage the in which nasty. they just buried a body. Because romantic. <laughs> Apparently. No, they did the nasty, Chris. Pardon me. They they did the nasty as some sort of uh, <laughs> Hendrix Murder Club uh, new initiation or something. I don't know. <laughs> I've never been more turned off. <laughs> what always cracks me up about that scene is that little tiny Tatiana Vaslani just, just leaps. <laughs> leaps onto Christian Brune. Mm. Uh, for some reason, it just amuses me tremendously. Well, it's also amusing to see him be so intimidated by tiny, tiny little Allison in in the rehab facility as well. It's just the height difference and the size difference between the two of them is always, it seems to be used often in very kind of funny ways. I mean, did you see her handle that jackhammer, though? I'd be intimidated by that, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, Allison is scary. Like, <laughs> Allison can be scarier than Helena. <laughs> yes, in a different way, but yes. Yes. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and she told me that Allison's her favorite. <laughs> I was like, yep, I believe it. I got my coworker to watch the first season, and Allison was her favorite, too. I hear that a lot. Allison is a fan favorite, but there's, I feel like all of the clones have a pretty good fan base. I agree, but it just, it seems like I maybe hear it most often about Allison. She was selected for, I think it was like EW's. That's true. 10 best characters list or something. So that's true. They did it have wouldn't a surprise me if, if she was, if she came out in the fan favorite, if they tried to do like a poll or something. Yep. I think they had like a whole issue about best characters on television and i think it was a list longer than 10 people but okay but yeah allison was was on there and then i think they did like a a fan poll after that or in conjunction with it but i don't remember where allison landed on that but that's really what's so great about allison because when you first meet her you kind of think oh she's you know unpleasant and i'm not gonna like her and she's she just becomes one of your favorite characters so quickly because she is she is kind of abrasive let's be honest here (laughs) Yeah. Allison's abrasive, but she's, she's endearingly abrasive. Abrasive. Yeah. Embrasive? Yes. <laughs> That's not a word. Her neuroses and vulnerability and her abrasiveness, it, it all combines to be very endearing. But yeah, I am very curious to see where Allison and Donnie's storylines take them in season three. I, I suspect, but maybe I'm wrong, that they will, their storylines will continue to be pretty intertwined in season three, given how it ended up in season two. Yes. We did get a tweet from Meg's three saying, I'm hoping we get more badass Allison and Donnie, AKA murdering and hide the body duo, badass Allison and Donnie. I really hope they don't murder anybody else. (laughs) Me too. I I think that they've had their fill 
Um, and, and they're running out of garage space, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I would like for Donnie to continue to feel good about himself and confident, but, <laughs> but hopefully he can do so without accidentally killing anybody there else. There are healthier ways to do that, Donnie. <laughs> yes. Hey, Chris and Stephanie, this is Sally. I think, like many other people, Allison is one of my favorite characters, because she's funny. You know, I actually don't know. I don't know that she herself is funny intentionally or deliberately, but I think she's written that way for sure to provide comic relief by virtue of the situations that, you know, she finds herself in or the way that she interacts with people. But regardless, I like humor. So I appreciate that. There's something about her situation living in suburbia with what on the surface looks like you know, what some people might consider a perfect life, you know, but it captures something about, I don't know. I don't exactly know what it is. There's something about it though. Like maybe under the surface, things aren't always as perfect as they seem. Um, maybe that's like a theme throughout the show or just for Allison. I don't know, but you know, as well, her and Donnie's relationship, you know, it started off the first season on what seemed to be a bad foot. And then I was pleased to see them, you know, kind of find each other again in season two. It was very, you know, it was heartwarming and everything. Something that I've appreciated about the show is that they have never seemed to write Allison's character in a way that makes her love and commitment to her children be in question. Even though she's done some things that are maybe unsafe in and of themselves, she's never deliberately put her kids in danger. We've actually also, you know, seen her remark that she's not, her kids aren't staying with her because she's a danger to themselves or whatever it is. Um, like that, you know, she made a statement like that in the second season. So I appreciate that. It seems to be like a way that the show kind of presents, you know, respect for children or something like that. I just appreciate that they're not you know, written in dangerous situations. And they're also, Allison's not written in a way where we question her love for her children or her commitment to them, even though it seems like there are lots of things in her life that she's maybe not quite satisfied with. Anyway, random thoughts. So let us know what you thought about Allison and Donnie's storyline in season two, where you'd like their storylines to go in season three. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can leave them in a comment on the show notes for this episode over at Tatiana is everyone.com slash 51. You can also send us any feedback about this episode or any future content you'd like to hear. Send an email to feedback at Tatiana is everyone.com or send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right hand side of our website. We are on Twitter at TIE podcast and we are also on Facebook. And we'd like to thank everybody who's left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We really appreciate them. If you're inclined to leave us a review, there are links to do so at tatianaiseveryone.com slash support. And you can also find a link there to our Zazzle store where we have some just random silly stuff and stuff with our logo. And uh, yeah. anyway, it just it goes to support the podcast. And this week, Fair Isle Knitting was played by Tatiana Maslane. Thanks for listening. <laughs>